Which brings me to Barbie. <laughs> you know, you can make a nice little comparison here, and I'm going to do it. So Barbie stars, I don't know who, the, who Barbie is, but I do know that Ken is played by Ryan Gosling. And if you watch the TV commercials and the trailers for the film, Gosling is demanding that it's a Barbie and Ken. You know, so he's, he's, his little, his little gay—these really are literally gay. His little gay hissy fits that can be included. Uh, the people that have seen the Barbie film this weekend are going like, it is the most man-hating, woke piece of crap. <laughs> that has ever been filmed, edited, and then released. Now, I'm just going to throw this out. They may be correct. Daughter number two went to go see it Thursday night at the premiere in Boston. So I asked her Friday morning, I said, how terrible was it? She goes, it wasn't terrible at all, Dad. It was so, with a bunch of O's, so good. So, I raised that kid pretty well. She's fairly conservative. <laughs> but then I asked, I asked a midish journal, why do you think Reagan, why do you think Reagan liked the Barbie movie? Because, well, if the reviews are correct, and it's that big of an over-the-top man bashing and man-hating, you know, she did just get dumped by another dude's. So. <laughs> She's in man-hating mode right now. Uh, and I said, okay, that makes sense. You know, uh, uh, Matt, uh, Matt Walsh has, uh, has seen it, or apparently. Uh, uh, little Ben Shapiro. They must have had a, sc a private screening uh, at the Daily Wire or whatever. And they're, you know, they're all good. They're just woke. It's politically correct. It's man-hating. It's just an idea. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Well, why do the young people want to see that? Well, because that's their experience. It's reflecting what they're being taught. It's reflecting what they see in their little version of the culture out there. That is not a good indication for the future for our youths. Now, let's contrast that with the Oppenheimer film, Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. There's a couple things about Christopher Nolan films. Number one, the only thing usually that's over the top about a Nolan film is not the story so much as it's the cinematography. I mean, the man has a special talent and gift. You know, the, uh, the, 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 I think the last film that he made, maybe it wasn't the last one, but one of the, the, the last ones that he made was the send-up of the Battle of Dunkirk. It's called, just called Dunkirk. And most of you didn't like Dunkirk when I was still in the chat room and we were talking about it, how I had seen it during the Corona Doom. And uh, I thought it was amazing. Just the cinematography. It was worth watching just for the, the, the photography of it. Uh, many of you did not agree. And there was a major petty fogging that was going on. The worst movie ever made. It's terrible. What? <laughs> Nolan makes big IMAX, big framed, big cinematography. So I imagine getting a test of the nuke of the A bomb on color film was probably one of the highlights of the, uh, of the film. I haven't seen it. I've only seen the uh, some of the reviews, 
I like the actor Killian Murphy or Killian Murphy that plays uh, Oppenheimer. Um, <clears throat> I'm not, the, the character of Oppenheimer. There's a piece about this at the um, at the Federalist.com. Somebody writes a viewer about this about how uh, what happens if have we really come to grips as human beings here and as Americans with what Oppenheimer actually kind of gifted to us? which is nuclear fission. Because had nuclear fission come around maybe 15 years before it did, uh, that would have been at the beginning of the construction of major uh, uh, electrical generation plants. And it could have been used instead of all these coal-fired plants being all over the place. Who knows? You may have had a countryside dotted with nuclear reactors. That would have been generating the, uh, the, the cleanly, as they say, the same amount of electricity. That's one thing that could happen. Here's something else. After learning uh, nuclear fission, now, now <clears throat> notice it's fission, not fusion. Fusion is still fantasy. It's, it's nothing more than a theory. No, ticket, they figured out how to do that the other day. Two years ago, they figured it out. Uh, I don't think that that's actually entirely accurate. I think that they have theoretically figured out the fusion, but and they were only able to reproduce it for like one, one bazillionth of a second or whatever. Uh, that is not anything that's, that's going to go into effect, effect anytime soon. But fission, certainly we have fission. What did we use the fission for? Well, to murder a couple of hundred thousand Japanese, that's one thing. To test it out, as the 33rd degree Mason uh, uh, Harry Truman did, that's, uh, that's, that's the primary, uh, that's what most people know. You also get chemotherapy out of nuclear fission. You get basically the beginning of the age of cancer treatments because what's developed with the isotopes after the fact. Um, there have been so, so, so if you want to call that a benefit, call it a benefit. I'm always suspicious, though, of well, what were we doing for cancers before there was chemo? Asking for a friend. Well, most people, you try and cut it out, and if that didn't work, then you you succumb to the cancer here. Uh, there are studies, epidemiological studies, that show that since there have been treatments for cancers, the incidence of cancer has markedly increased. Is this another conspiracy? Are you trying to conspiracy? I ain't the only one that has considered that, but there are a lot of people that think that. In any event, I'm because somebody that's listening right now has someone that they, they love that's being treated for cancer. So I don't want you to think I'm coming down on you and chemotherapy in general or anything of the sort. This is a, a informational here. Let's contrast though Oppenheimer with big cinematography, with Barbie. The two biggest films in the world right now, and certainly in the United States, and by the way, this past weekend was the biggest box office since the Avengers movies came out. So the Corona Doom, the people that perpetrated the Corona Doom, 
tried to kill public showings of motion pictures. Tried to kill fun, joy, public gatherings where fun and joy may be on display. It almost got away with it. But it seems like people have kind of, have finally, what's that, Maggie? I, I can't hear. It seems like people have finally gotten over, even though you will still see lunatics in public all masked up. I saw a guy the other day. Uh, Saturday, I saw somebody. Wait, wh <laughs> why are you still... Now, maybe if they're sick and they're trying to protect everyone else from getting in, okay, like we kind of understand it. So Oppenheimer is big, cinematic, probably beautifully filmed. I, I would imagine if it's a Nolan film, I, it is. Killian Murphy again is. Uh, by the way, Killian Murphy is in Dunkirk. He's the one that accidentally kind of kills the kid on the boat, on the fishing boat. That's Killian Murphy. Don't know who Killian Murphy is. Uh, so uh, I, I imagine it's big, and I imagine it has uh, a grandiose cinematography, and it tells a story that actually happened. Um, and at some level, that the good, true, and the beautiful is in there, but it's tempered by the hideousness of the A-bomb and the fact that there are some 20,000 of these devices around the world today, that's more than enough to kill all of us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is enough to wipe out all, most, if not all, organic life on planet Earth. So that is one of the legacies of Michael Oppenheimer. Um, but compare the two films, does your average American even have a, a, an inkling of what I just said uh, about the ability to wipe all of uh, organic life out or organic animal life out on the planet via the detonation of all these nuclear weapons? I don't think your average American out there even considers this anymore. We're not in an arms race anymore, so we're pretty well convinced, even though we have nukes, that they're being very, they're very, they're kept very safe and they're not going to be used, but they are there. So, did anyone go to see the Oppenheimer movie to learn about how the nuclear bomb came about, or did they go and see it because the guy that directed Batman directed it? <laughs> I'm going to go with the guy that directed Batman directed it because if it's a Nolan film, there are big questions that are asked. As a matter of fact, anyone that has seen the film, uh, shoot me an email. I am King Dude at ProtonMail.com or send it to me on the signal check because I'd be very interested to hear. Does he ask the big questions? Because if you, if you make a film about Michael Oppenheimer, you can ask some of the biggest questions that could be asked today. Let me throw one more kink at you in this. So I mentioned Ryan Gosling. What's Ryan Gosling famous for? Supposedly he's famous for the movie about Neil Armstrong, which as I have said and I reviewed, if I'm the heirs of Neil Armstrong, I, I'm going to sue him and everyone that was involved in the making of that wretched piece of trash that basically paints Neil Armstrong as, you know, I don't even want to get into it. Gosling's, oh, Gosling's portrayal of Armstrong. That's not Neil Armstrong that's on the screen. That is Hollywood's hatred of Neil Armstrong 
uh, that's on the screen uh, in in the film Armstrong. If you if you if you if you haven't seen it and you're tempted to see it, maybe around this time of year because of the anniversaries of the Apollo 11 moon landing, skip it. You will thank me. <laughs> skip it at all costs. So you so you you have this effeminate looking. And he plays effeminate, homo-looking characters in most of his films. He destroys an American he hero in Neil Armstrong, Ryan Gosling. What's the number three film? Mission Impossible 6. <clears throat> this is going to pain me to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm going to suck it up and I'm going to say it. Is Tom Cruise the last American alpha male outside of Donald Trump left standing? You know, you watch the last the Top Gun movie last summer, which I gave four and a half Reagans, and the scale only goes up to four. Uh, and Cruise is just, he's perfect in that. He, they even get the masculine parts of it right. They, 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 get, they get the toxic masculinity of Maverick correct. I'm told, uh, and I appreciate the previous five Mission Impossible movies, that this one is as good as the previous five. As a matter of fact, I really, uh, maybe Mitch Turr and I will have a date night. We'll go watch it this week. So I really want to see it. So if you add it up correctly, you have two-thirds of Americans choosing big, true, and beautiful and big, toxic masculinity in an action film over Barbie. <laughs> but then you have one-third choosing Barbie and raving about it. Here's a general rule of thumb for you. If Rotten Tomatoes, the website, one of the worst, worst movie review sites in the history well, you know, it's not one of, it is the worst. Here's how to properly view Rotten Tomatoes reviews. Anything that gets over 70% be suspect. It's got woke, libtard, American communist, Satan worshiping crap in it. That's probably sexually over the top too. No, every once in a while, there's an exception to that rule. Anything over 70% on Rotten Tomatoes is awful. Just general rule of thumb. Anything under 70% might be worth your time watching. <laughs> I don't know what Mission Impossible got, but I know that Barbie got 91% fresh. That means it's 91% garbage. Did you see what the, uh, what the RT rating was for... Uh what do Rotten Tomatoes give Mission Impossible and Oppenheimer? They probably have to give Oppenheimer some props. Just because. But you can see there's a, there, there, there's a dichotomy there. Oppenheimer has 94% for the critics and 94% audience. Oppenheimer has 94%? Okay. What about Mission Impossible? So this, so Oppenheimer may be the exception to the rule, but then again, it may not be. I, I, look, I don't know. I, I haven't read anyone that's reviewed it whose reviews uh, that, that I, I, I would actually go to. So uh, just withholding that. But uh, again, Christopher Nolan, a Nolan film, 
you you know what you're going to get. Uh, interesting dichotomy there, is it not? Here's a big takeaway. Mission Impossible is 96%. Mission Impossible, 90%. That, that's, that's not possible. <laughs> it's not possible for Rotten Tomatoes to get two correct. It's impossible. Uh, here's the big takeaway for me. Joseph Pierce has a piece about this here today. Just so you know, all on Rotten Tomatoes, all the Mission Impossibles are 90% or above. That's because they like Tom Cruise. Bingo, that's the point. Barbie largely prays for feminist themes, but draws anger from the anti-woke. And then the Wall Street Journal has this, Barbenheimer delivers blowout weekend at the box office. And then my friend uh, uh, Joseph Pierce gives us this. I thought this is a great way to kind of summarize. Well, where are we then? Well, there are only extremes. There's nothing in the middle. There's nothing boring and centrist about anything left in America today. You're either on this extreme, which is opposed to the satanic uh, pro-communist left, or you're on this extreme, which is, which is the satanic pro-communist left.